David Kelleher started working as a car salesman in 1992. His plan was to earn money for law school. And I got really good at it really fast. I made more money than I ever thought I could. And I said, I don't think I can be this good a lawyer. So I just kept selling cars. David's been in the car business for nearly 30 years now. He owns a large Chrysler dealership outside Philadelphia. And he's never been in the bizarre situation he's facing now. On one hand, sales are through the roof. Probably the greatest market I've ever seen. The customer demand is crazy. I mean, I sold 13 cars yesterday. I sold 16 the day before. I have customers waiting in the morning hoping that we got a delivery the day before. I've never seen that before. On the other hand, David is facing a big concern. He's running out of cars to sell. You can see that right on his emptying car lot. You could land a helicopter on right now. I mean, a huge gaping hole in the middle lot. So we've been very strategic in outlining the cars in a way that from the street you can't see this. From the street, it looks like we're jam-packed. But once you go past that facade, it's a bare bone. This is the bizarre state of the car market. Demand for cars is skyrocketing, but there's a shortage of new cars. The fear that I have is I'm going to walk in one time with all these sales and one day there's just not going to be anything on the lot. And you can't sell what you don't have, right? Why is this happening? It's all because there's not enough of one small part that all cars need. Computer chips. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Wednesday, May 19th. Coming up on the show, why a computer chip shortage is causing pain through the entire auto industry. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. The reason David's car lot is showing more asphalt these days is because of a shortage of computer chips, also known as semiconductors. So I got a briefing on this about six months ago, and they said, we've got this chip issue. And I said, what kind of, what's a chip? Since that briefing, David's come to appreciate just how critical these computer chips are to the product he sells. They control everything from the brakes, to the steering, to the engine, to the airbags, to the navigation system. You know, there's so many different usages for these things. So the supply of the chips uh, is a serious thing. So, and you understand these chips isn't one per car. You know, each key fob requires a chip. And it's a lot more than just key fobs. A new car might have hundreds of computer chips. This problem goes beyond David's dealership. The entire auto industry has been caught off guard by this chip shortage. And it's costing car companies billions. Things today are worse than the industry expected even just a month ago. That's our colleague Mike Kalias from the Detroit Bureau. Mike says manufacturing computer chips is difficult. It requires big factories and a highly controlled, precise process. 
And car companies like Ford and GM don't make these chips themselves. They purchase parts, like, say, a braking system, from another company. And that company buys its parts from a third company, and so on. You know, it's one of the most complex and efficient supply chains in the world. I mean, it's you're talking about tens of thousands of suppliers, multiple levels, sourcing small components from around the globe. The companies that actually produce the computer chips are mostly in Asia, way up the supply chain from car makers. Last spring, the auto industry's entire supply chain was rattled because of the pandemic. U.S. auto plants closed for about two months. Car companies lost billions of dollars, and it was a scary moment. We didn't know how long it was going to last. So they weren't worried about what they were going to make three months out, six months out, nine months out. They were worried about preserving cash. And so they cut their production schedules pretty dramatically, and so did their suppliers up the chain. Car makers cut their production, and that rippled through the supply chain all the way to chip makers. But other industries, like the electronics industry, weren't cutting their orders. They needed more chips, because demand for things like PlayStations and laptops was surging. And so these semiconductor companies, they thought, well, cars are cutting way back. The electronics customers, they have big need. Some of that capacity that we had saved for cars, we're going to allocate to those guys. But carmakers' predictions that demand would dry up in the summer and fall were wrong. Instead, a lot of people started buying cars. Because they moved to the suburbs or wanted a road trip. All kinds of reasons. It was the beginning of the car boom. And Detroit automakers were relieved. And by the end of the year, I think there were high fives and, and a lot of executive suites saying, you know, we got through this. And right about that time is when all of a sudden they start looking out and seeing there's not enough computer chips. And without them, the industry has sort of seized up. That's because chip makers can't quickly ramp up production. You can't just kind of flip a switch and add more production of these chips. It requires big capital investments to build a semiconductor plant, for example. And with that finite supply of computer chips allotted elsewhere, car makers have been out of luck. I think there was a lot lost along that long supply chain. I mean, these, I mean, I realized very quickly that some of the car industry executives, they didn't even know the names of some of these big chip companies. They did not have direct contracts with these guys. And so when this realization occurred sort of collectively across the industry, hey, we don't have enough chips to support our production in coming months. There was a lot of like finger pointing. Okay, well, is it the direct supplier to the car company that was at fault? Was it the tier upstream from them. And there's there's still a lot of murkiness today around sort of where that breakdown happened. So it's not like somebody went to GM CEO Mary Barra or Ford CEO Jim Farley and said, okay, you're cutting your forecast. So we, we're reducing the amount of chips we're making for your companies for the next 12 months. No. I don't believe that's how it... I I think the way it happened was nobody had any idea that this shortage was coming until the end of last year and caught people completely flat-footed. Car companies were scrambling to deal with the chip shortage. And then something happened that would make it even worse. That's after the break.
This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. A few months ago, automakers were hopeful that the chip shortage would be resolved by the end of the spring. But then in March, there was a fire at a major Japanese chip maker, which further set back the industry. And it kind of threw everything out of whack again. Like there was light at the end of the tunnel and that problem exacerbated things to the point where this is, it looks like going to be a year-long problem. Which is why you have dealers freaked out, which is why you've had the car companies come out and, you know, warn of a couple billion dollar losses from this. Faced with an even tighter supply of chips, car companies have had to make tough choices. Some have diverted their limited chip supply to their most popular vehicles. We'll take these chips from these cars that don't sell all that well, they're not that popular, and we'll save them for the stuff that's our most profitable. Big pickup trucks, SUVs. But that means some automakers have had to shut down factories making less popular vehicles. For instance, GM stopped production at a factory near Kansas City that produces the Chevy Malibu and the Cadillac XT4. That's meant some 2,000 workers there have been laid off for months. So the effect on the industry and the people that work in the industry has been really uneven, depending on how lucky or unlucky you are to be working at that specific factory and making those specific vehicles. Danielle Anderson is one of the unlucky ones. It's been five weeks now with absolutely no income coming to my house. And, you know, it's been a disaster. For the past three years, Danielle's worked at Ford's assembly plant in Chicago, placing steering wheel consoles in Ford Explorers. It was hard work, but reliable. Until April, when the chip shortage shut down her production line. The message Danielle received from Ford was short. Just that we were going to be laid off until further notice. Did they tell you why they were making this decision? Um, I think, I'm not quite sure exactly what they said it was for. I think they said it was due to parts. And we understand that these shutdowns are caused by a, a shortage of chips. Did that surprise you? I really didn't know too much about the chip or what they, what they are used for. I mean, it makes sense. You know, nowadays, your car is basically a computer. But other than that, I really didn't know too much about them. At first, Danielle thought a little break might be nice. She figured she'd only be off for a week or two and that her unemployment benefits would come quickly. But they didn't. And the shutdown has dragged on. How are you supporting yourself? How are you buying groceries? 
Um, my daughter receives um, Link food stamps. So we've just been trying to manage off of what little that she gets. Danielle says she's missed rent payments and car payments. When bill collectors call, she tries to explain her situation. Last week, Danielle received her first unemployment payment. But it was only one week's pay, not all the back pay that she'd been expecting. How has this whole process made you feel? Uh, discouraged, to be honest. It's been really discouraging to have to continuously go and try to explain your situation and tell someone that you don't know when you're going to have their money, you know, is, is discouraging. Danielle says she's ready for the break to be over, to get back to work. But she doesn't know when that will be. In the meantime, she's applied to be a Lyft driver. Danielle's one of thousands of auto workers at factories across the country who've been laid off because of the chip shortage. Meanwhile, car executives have been thinking of ways to prevent this situation from happening in the future. We've heard executives talk about having direct contracts in place with the chip makers, which doesn't happen today. It's all done through their supply base. There's talk of having buffer stocks of chips available to avoid this from happening again. The Ford CEO just recently talked about redesigning some of their components so that they're less dependent on certain chips that might be tougher to get. And there's been a lot of talk about, well, hey, do we need to start making these in the U.S. to prevent something like this from happening again? President Biden has called for $50 billion to be invested in domestic production of computer chips. But that won't fix the current bizarre car market, in which dealers like David have more demand than ever, but not enough cars to sell. And where factory workers like Danielle aren't making cars, even though they want to be. All because of a chip shortage. Here's David again. If this thing gets worse or dries up or doesn't improve, I could be out of cars by July the 1st. So no matter how good a car dealer I can be, and I think I'm okay right now as a car dealer, you can't do anything if you don't have product. Do you blame anyone for this predicament? No, no. I, you know, look, everybody thought that when we went into the pandemic, we could be going into a new recession. So, you know, the, the fact that they cut back orders, you know, people are blaming the manufacturers for that. I can't blame them for that. That, was, that made sense, right? Nobody thought we were going to run at these numbers. Are you worried that you might have to make cutbacks at your dealership? Yeah, my nightmare, the last resort for me is that I have to cut back people. But right now, I'm saving a ton of money on floor plan interest, which is the interest we pay on the cars on the lot, right? So that's a great resource that I can use to offset some of the lost revenues. And I've cut my advertising in half because I don't need to be out on the street telling people they need to come see me because what are you going to come see, an empty parking lot? So with those two resources, you know, I'm hoping that I don't get to the point where I have to look and say, do we have to trim any of my 98 employees? Because they're family, they need me, they depend on it. Can you imagine, again, in, in perhaps the greatest car market of our time, having to face recessionary tactics? It would be insane. It really would. Because I have people begging to buy cars. And if I, if I had to cut my business back or hurt anybody, it would be really crazy to think that that could possibly happen.
That's all for today, Wednesday, May 19th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting for this episode from Ben Foldy and Nora Naughton. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.